0: Hello, and welcome to the Mindset Coach Podcast, the show where coaches and coaches to be tune in to learn how to integrate mindset coaching tools and neuroscience based techniques into their practice and grow and scale a coaching business they love. Each week, I'll be sharing easy to implement tips, case studies, and business strategies that you can use right away to transform your own mindset and the mindset of those you coach. I'm your host, Lara Young, founder of the Mindset Coach Academy author of 52 adventures to change your life award-winning business owner coach and coach trainer tune into this podcast each friday free on all the podcasting apps and click to subscribe so you never miss an episode and remember mindset is everything hello well this week has just absolutely flown by And it's been a wonderful week for me. Um, My girls had their athletics carnival this week and I was able to go and be there and volunteer. And I volunteered, I was on the Sausage Sizzle uh, serving over 600 children sausage sandwiches at their lunch break. and with some other mums of course I wasn't doing it all solo and I was able to see my children running their races and really having a good time at their first athletics carnival that's they've been able to go to because of COVID for a couple of years and it was just a really joyful occasion you know and when they saw me they were saying that's my mum that's my mum and it just really made my heart sing and it's one of the things that I love about what I do is that it gives me that freedom and flexibility to be there for my girls on those really special occasions. And it does give me so much pleasure and happiness to be there. And it got me thinking about happiness in general and the ways in which we as coaches can help our clients to experience more happiness in their lives and in our own lives as well, of course. And so You know, sometimes our clients do come to us and they just express a desire to be happier. And, of course, we want to know what happiness means for them and how do they know when they are happy, what sorts of things are they doing or do they anticipate they will be doing when they are happy. And we want to get to, you know, get to specifics with them about that to really understand what happiness is from their perspective. Uh, but there are some things, of course, that we know that in helping our clients to do, in giving them these tools and techniques and tips and I'm about to share with you, they will naturally have more happiness in their lives. And so this is what today's episode is all about. It's all about 10 ways that you can help your clients and yourself to be happier in your life, in your business. And I'm going to go through them one by one with some ideas that you can employ, you can use yourself uh, and just try them on over the next week and do let me know how you go. So the very first thing um, that is shown to actually help us to feel more happiness in our lives is to give. It's pretty simple, right? It's to give. It's to do things for other people and do things for other people joyfully and gracefully, and it doesn't have to be huge gestures. It can be small things. Being kind to other people. You can give your time, for example, by sharing your knowledge. Let someone pick your brain. You could do a coffee chat with someone or mentor someone. One of our adventures, of course, in 52 Adventures to Change Your Life has been to call someone. Now, that's a great way to give to somebody. Maybe there's someone you know that you haven't spoken to for a while. Maybe there's someone who, you know, would really light up at the thought of having a visitor or having a phone call at this time. And that sense of giving is it helps us to feel happy, right, as well, of course, as it has that ripple effect of other people, the recipients of what we're giving, whether that's time or energy or money or resources, feel good too. And it's interesting, like the other night, Monday night, one of my neighbours came around and she'd made uh, some biryani and she knew I'd had a really busy day at work and it was just so wonderful. She dropped off some biryani for us and, um, you know, I there was so much joy in that and she really enjoyed doing that for us. And we, of course, it was incredibly delicious. It really gave us some feelings of joy and happiness too. Um, you know, there's lots of things that you can do when you think about giving. I mean, you can volunteer. One of the things, uh, you know, my mum did very much um, when she was retired, um, Yeah, you know, up until very recently, she's 80 now, was she volunteered at St Vincent de Paul. And you know, you often see older people doing that, retired people doing it. And the reason is, of course, they want to give back to the community and they want to be active. And, of course, they have amazing skills that they that don't just stop because they've left the workforce. Um, but it is really shown to increase well-being and satisfaction amongst that age group as well, just to volunteer. And I know a lot of my friends do different types of volunteering, you know, at Christmas or with, you know, hotlines and things like that. I mean, what sort of things could you volunteer with? And I volunteered at the school, which gave me a lot of joy and pleasure. Another thing that you can give that is absolutely free is to give a smile, smile at other people. It automatically lifts people up. We release serotonin when we smile at others. You can write thank you notes or send a just because note to somebody that you haven't perhaps seen or told how much you love them for a while you know doing those things can make such a big difference try to combine those things that are spontaneous uh, that you do on the spur of the moment maybe letting someone into traffic or um, paying for someone's coffee in the queue behind you as well as things that you plan to do You know going going and volunteering for example or offering your time to mentor somebody or to give someone who perhaps isn't as far along in business as you uh, a free half an hour you know chat a mentoring chat. Now the interesting thing is that all of these activities these kindnesses this the giving that we do actually activates the reward center in our brains it activates our orbital frontal cortex and the ventral stratum and What happens is that when we give, we actually get the same pleasure as we would in receiving it ourselves. So there is so much joy and it's a wonderful energy exchange as well, isn't it, that we get something back. That reward centre lights up as much when we're giving as when we are receiving. My girls, uh, when we lived in Cambridge, they would often see homeless people outside the local co-op, which is a one of the British uh, supermarkets. And so they would always want to go and buy a meal deal. And the meal deals were things like a sandwich and a packet of crisps and a drink and just give it to people, give it to them outside the store. Um, you can do things like that. You can give up a seat on a bus with a tube. You can let other people in front of you and pay for coffee. There's lots of different things that you can do. And, of course, you can also give to yourself. Be kind to yourself as well. That reward centre will light up, and that is one of the things that you can do and that you can encourage your clients to do through tasking uh, to increase your levels of happiness. Now, the next thing that you can do is to connect with people. Um, Loving and being loved is so powerful when it comes to filling up our happiness uh, cup. And, you know, loving and being loved and feeling that sense of belonging and identity is so powerful. So when you're working with your clients, one of the things that you can work with them on is by identifying even some social groups that they could become a part of, um, whether that's, you know, a yoga, a yoga class, or maybe it's something um, that they're going to go and learn and do. Last week's adventure, for example, in 52 Adventures to Change Your Life, was about going and doing a class. So you can talk to them about the ways in which they can increase their connection with other people, in which they can identify groups with perhaps who they have things in common. Um, and it really helps as well with resilience and Being part of a group adds meaning to our lives as well and it's a real, there's a ripple effect of connection. I don't know about you, but if I am chatting to a friend and we have a giggle about something that we've got in common and we both find funny, it just sets you up for such a great day. It just sets you up in such a wonderful mood. Um, My sister and I, we took my daughters and dropped them off. They had a girl guide camp and it was just a a day camp And um, so we dropped them off and then we just went and had breakfast together. And it was so lovely just having that moment of connection where neither of us had our children with us and we were just able to really chat and, you know, have a coffee, have breakfast and, um, you know, have a giggle together and, and share that time. The other, the thing that I think is that we can often be busy, can't we, in our lives and we can forget to really connect. We become, you know, we just, become like ships passing in the night uh, sometimes. So think about and have your clients think about the people in your life who are really important to you and make time to connect with them. You can make a phone call to them. It doesn't take long. You can write them a letter. Um, So I want you to think about who is a friend or family member that you haven't reached out to or spoken to or seen in a while and just make contact with them. You know, opportunities connect to connect are all around us. And I think as we emerge from COVID from the pandemic, um, you know, creating those opportunities is so powerful. When I lived in Cambridge, we would often do street parties. Um, You know, everyone would just bring a table and chairs outside, maybe do a barbecue, and we'd play some music and just really connect with one another as neighbours. And it's something that we're doing here where I've recently moved to as well. So, you know, people just bring along some food. And we just have a chat, we just have a cup of coffee, have a chat, have something to eat, the children all play together. And it's about that recognition and recognizing that we are part of this group that we call community that we have in our suburb. So think about that in um, relation as well to your clients. What could your clients be doing to really start to connect with like-minded people, like-minded groups, and perhaps maybe there is some kind of connection that may be missing in their life. And how can you help them to facilitate that process to start feeling more connected? Because when we are connected to other people, oxytocin is produced and oxytocin is produced as a result, direct result of our interactions with other people. Now, oxytocin is really powerful because it calms our fears And then it makes us more open to interaction, which then builds friendliness and opens us up to even more connections. So it has this reflexive loop of benefit, you know, this chain reaction that the more we connect, the more oxytocin is released. The more oxytocin is released, the more calm and confident we feel. And then, of course, the more likely we are to be friendly, to be open, which in turn serves to build better relationships with people. So Please do um, include or think about yourself, you know, who is someone you haven't connected with for a while? How can you increase the number of connections and meaningful connections that you have in your life? And how can you perhaps work with your clients to um, source and seek out some of those connections that they can build, develop, maintain and grow as well? The third thing that we can help uh, our clients to do and that we can do for ourselves is to be active. When we're active, it improves our mood, it improves our resilience, it reduces stress and, of course, physical activity creates and sparks endorphins. Endorphins are released when we engage in exercise and we feel good. And the other thing, of course, is I don't know about you, but when I've been out for a busy day with the girls, when I've been active, we've been walking Luna uh, or I've been to the gym or done something which is more active than I normally am on my working day, then I feel good and I sleep so much better than on those days when I don't have that level of physical activity. Now, it is so much easier to connect with people to feel happy when you've had a good night's sleep than it is when you've had you're sleep deprived and you're much more likely to feel a little bit more irritable and a little bit more cranky, which of course isn't really conducive to building connection uh, with other people. So being active, it's a great way that you can encourage your clients to uh, really facilitate those feelings of happiness so if you've got clients who maybe aren't active even just getting them to get out and do a mindful 15 or 20 minute walk every day can make a big difference and ask yourself how active are you um and you know what what things can you do to increase the levels of activity or exercise that you get in the day now, number four is being mindful. Now, mindfulness and being mindful is deliberately or purposely paying attention to something specific. So you could be mindful, for example, of your breath, of your body, of the food that you're eating. Uh, and by being in the present moment and ignoring the noise in our inner and outer environment, we're really able just to tune into how we are feeling Um, we are able just to tune in and be present with whatever's happening. We can tune in and we are non-judgmental about whatever's coming up for us when we are just in that space of letting things happen, of paying attention deliberately. Now, the interesting thing is I think there's a lot of people who think that meditation is all about clearing your mind of any thoughts. It's not. Our minds are actually designed to generate thoughts. That's what they do, and our minds wander all the time. So when we take time to become mindful and to just focus on one thing, we just notice the thoughts that come in and out. We don't have to give them any direct attention. We just, you know, can spend a minute focusing on breath, for example, and just notice how many times your thoughts wander. and so much of our lives we just do on automatic pilot you know our thoughts become automatic our habits our emotional responses everything happens out of our conscious awareness and when we start to become conscious of them when we start to tune into our thoughts our beliefs our emotions and being mindful of them that level of awareness then is what leads to change and you know, having that time, taking that time, even to stop a few times a day and say to yourself, how am I feeling now? Just tuning into your body and tuning into your emotional state and asking yourself, how am I feeling in this moment is really powerful. And being mindful of various yourself at various points throughout the day, mindful of your breath, mindful of the thoughts that you're thinking that are floating in and out of your mind, mindful of, what it is that you're eating, the food that you're enjoying. Now, are you someone who stands there with a piece of toast in one hand over the sink eating really quickly because you've got to be somewhere? Or are you someone who deliberately sits down, sets the table and is in that present moment, is in that state of just enjoying that nutritious food that you're eating to really, you know, love and care for your body and just to be in that space of full awareness of what it is that you're doing without thinking about the next thing you need to do or the next place that you need to be. So being mindful is something that you can practice and something that your clients can practice as well. The next thing is to learn new things right, when we learn new things, we are in a state of curiosity. Now, being curious means that we are then more open to learning and to growing. And really, it's about opening up again, that opportunity to really expand into a growth mindset. Um, And to really think about when we are a learner, when we are a beginner, there's a lot of joy in it. There can be some frustration, right? Especially if you're someone who tends to be self critical. Um, you may be someone who tends to be a bit of a perfectionist. Uh, and so, what you can do is you can adopt some of the more growth mindset type phrases. So, for example, if you are doing something new, like, and you think to yourself, well, I'm not good at this, that then becomes, I'm not good at this yet. Or it feels hard because I'm stupid becomes it feels hard that's because i'm learning and i'm stretching my brain i tried my best and it wasn't good enough becomes one step at a time it takes persistence and effort to get better i give up there's no point in trying it'll never be perfect becomes what can i learn from this mistake to try next time just changing those thought processes really does open us up to that learning and growth that growth mindset and You know, our brains have the ability to change and develop. It's called neuroplasticity. When we learn something new, learn new ways of doing things, but creating new neural pathways, when we start to think about things in a different way, respond to things differently, uh, react to things differently, all of that is teaching our brains to do things, that we can do things in a different way, that we can turn left instead of right and open ourselves up to opportunity and possibility, that we can try a new approach to the same old problem we keep facing and then maybe we'll get a different result now a way to do this as well is to ask yourself what if you know be curious in every moment go to new places read new books ask for recommendations of you know restaurants to try eat different foods and another thing a film we watched recently was um the yesterday And, you know, having a yes day where you say yes to everything can be a lot of fun as well. And in fact, it's one of our adventures that's coming up in our 52 adventures to change your life. So really opening yourself up, learning new things is a very powerful way to increase your level of happiness. You increase your self-esteem, you increase your self-efficacy and your growth. Now, the next one is to create goals to look forward to. Are you someone who sets goals regularly? Uh, Do you set new goals once you've reached the old ones? Ask yourself, well, what goals are you working on at the moment? What goals are really important to you and why? Which ones are you most excited about and energised by and which ones are easy and which ones are more challenging? One of the things that works really well um, when it comes to goal satisfaction is to just spend some time every day visualising your goals or writing your goals down or both. Have a journal where you write your goals in it every day. Just refresh your memory about what your goals are and set new goals once you've achieved the old ones. Always have goals that you're striving towards, that you're wanting to achieve because it provides motivation. It provides inspiration. In the Mindset Coach Certification Program, of course, I teach several robust goal-setting processes and we harness the power of visualisation and future pacing with habits and behaviours uh, that make achieving those goals inevitable. And when you know these processes, when you work with them with your clients and with yourself, that inevitability that when you set a goal it's going to be achieved just further spurs you on to take action and to set bigger, more audacious goals for yourself. Now the next one is to develop resilience. Now resilience of course is the ability to bounce back when things don't go according to plan. Now resilience is made up of quite a number of different areas and a lot of them we've discussed already. So having goals, having a network or community of people around you, so that connection, that support network, having a purpose, communicating effectively and also developing coping strategies. Now, resilience is about being able to reframe situations, so look at them differently, which in turn enables you to have a different and more empowering response. And again, in the Mindset Coach Certification Program, we look at reframing techniques where we look at a situation or an experience and we say, in what context would this be really useful? Or what change to the content of that experience would make it empowering or helpful? Is there a more helpful way of looking at the situation? Is there a silver lining? One of the things as well with resilience is that, you know, there are things in our lives that we can change and there are some things that we can't. And so recognizing and helping your clients to recognize that there are certain things that you can control, absolutely, and that you you know, can take action around. You can control your behaviour, you can control your habits, you can control your thinking, your reactions, your emotions and interactions. You can't control anyone else's. The only person that you can change and control is yourself. Want to learn more about how you can become a certified Mindset Coach? Head on over to our website, www.mindsetcoachacademy.com forward slash coach certification, and you'll find all the information that you need along with a button to book a call with me to talk about how you can become the best coach you can be. I think there's some freedom in recognizing that as well, that there's some happiness that comes in when you actually realize that, you know, you are in control of your own destiny. You are in control of those interactions that you have, the relationships that you have and and for your own behaviour and habits and the goals that you set and the action that you take or don't take um, because it opens up, again, opportunity and possibility and the ability for you to know that y- you can achieve anything that you set your mind, um, you know, that you set your mind to. And another really powerful thing when it comes to resilience is try and look at the funny side of things. I mean, you know, sometimes in the moment we, there is no funny side, right? When it's all going, when when life starts to become a country and western song, you're like, yeah, I can't really see the funny side of this. But is it going to be this way, you know, three hours from now? Are you going to feel that way three Days from now, you're going to feel that way three weeks from now. How will you feel about it when you look back three years now from now? Are you going to be able to look back and see the funny side of it? The other thing, of course, with resilience is that you know, be aware of who you can ask for help and ask them. You know, we talked earlier about giving being one of the, the things that really can create loads of happiness for both the giver and the receiver. And I think some people are really reluctant to ask for help. And I know I certainly have been in that position um, several times in my life where I've been, you know, embarrassed to ask for help or, you know, I didn't want to bother people. And when I came to the realisation that other people love giving and helping as much as I do, then it becomes so much easier to ask for help and to reach out and say, hey, you know, it'd be really useful if you could do X for me or would you mind doing Y for me? Or, you know, hey, I need a hand over here. Um, And so being able to be, being able to, you know, have that network of people who you can connect with and who you can actually ask for help and give help in return is just so powerful for being and maintaining that resilience. Um, And another thing is that, we talked about it a little earlier is that what you are much more able to be resilient when you're healthy so when you're feeling good in your body when you're feeling clear in your mind uh, you know when you're exercising when you're eating more healthily your mind is not clouded in the same way as it is if you're not exercising and you're eating lots of junk food and you know life's busy and you're just kind of grabbing the nearest thing um, as fuel for your body but it doesn't really help you in any way um you know those sugar highs those sugar lows so you know taking care of your body is very powerful as well when it comes to being resilient and to adding to those levels of of clarity and happiness um and another thing that you know really is powerful when it comes to resilience is just knowing that purpose when you've got a purpose that you're focusing on your resilience increases because you've got something that you are working towards you know why you're there you know why you're doing what you're doing and um you know this is really powerful just having that purpose outside of yourself and um and then when things don't go according to plan just being really mindful of your reactions so and this is really helpful for your clients too if you are coaching at the moment so understanding the emotional frequency so what emotions do you experience when maybe things don't go right when um, perhaps you're feeling a little frustrated or you get angry um what happens as well when things don't go according to plan what do you start to believe about yourself what do you start to believe about your own capability um what do you believe about your own self-worth your own esteem your own um Confidence levels, you know, how are they all impacted? And, you know, do you start spiraling and catastrophizing when things don't go according to plan and thinking of everything else that can possibly go wrong? Because remember, our, our thoughts in those moments, they're not always accurate or useful. And so What you really want to do is to think about how much am I catastrophizing or internalizing or personalizing situations and events that happen that are outside of my control um, so that, you know, my reactions and interactions aren't as useful as they could be. And how can I kind of start showing up a little bit differently or even just stop myself in my tracks and say, hang on a minute, (laughs) there must be a funny side. (laughs) <laughs> there must be a funny side to this, or, you know, this too shall pass. How am I going to feel about this in a couple of weeks' time? Will I be able to look at it and laugh? Where will the emotion be at that time? And so building out that, those levels of resilience is really powerful. And the next one is brings us to emotions, right? So one of the most powerful drivers of behaviour is how you feel in any given moment. Uh, you're much more likely to do think, do something, take action when you're feeling motivated or confident than you are when you're feeling bored or apathetic. And you know, through the Mindset Dimensions report, we actually measure emotional frequency because understanding that within yourself and within your clients is really powerful. How often are you experiencing unresourceful emotions? Uh, emotions that either prevent you from taking action or that, you know, so they keep you stuck, or emotions that are, you know, emotions like anger or frustration, which really are, you know, destructive in some way, shape or form, particularly when it comes to you wanting to take action or build relationships. Um, And then we also measure the frequency of resourceful emotions, you know, uh, things like happiness, things like joy, like love, like being calm, relaxed. And so one of the things that you can do and with yourself and with your clients is to have them think about, you know, what the difference is on certain days when they are experiencing different emotions and how those different emotions help them or hinder them um, in their life and in their business, you know, in their career. And also working with your clients to express how they are feeling because emotions arise for a reason. They're not there to be negated. They're there to be acknowledged and recognised and then, you know, if needs be, to work through them and to look at strategies for um, understanding why you're feeling the way you're feeling, why your clients are feeling the way they're feeling, Um, and then really tuning into how specifically are you feeling. A lot of clients might say, I feel anger, and then that is actually a general term that could also mean, you know, they're frustrated, they're feeling bitter, they're feeling jealous, whatever the emotion is. And so helping people to really pinpoint the exact emotion, the specific emotion that they're feeling um, really helps because rather than just saying I'm happy or I'm sad, when we get to that those specifics, then we can start to look at the triggers for those emotions. When we know the triggers for the emotions, of course, then we can work to remove the triggers or to help our clients uh, to develop strategies to cope, you know, alternative ways of acting and reacting when those emotions come up. And, of course, to engender and engage in more of those positive, resourceful emotional states um, that are really useful for them when it comes to achieving their desires in their life. Uh, and there are lots of different ways, I think, that we can help our clients through tasking even to harness those emotions, and we can use things like laughter yoga, thinking of a positive experience, doing some exercise. Anchoring is also very, very powerful for recalling those past really positive, intense emotional states and anchoring them in, whether that's anchoring them in physiologically, so you know, applying pressure between the thumb and forefinger so that we're installing that emotion uh, in our body and we can ha- bring it up at any time, or whether it's by having physical anchors around, like photographs of your family and loved ones, that when you look at it, you just feel this wash of of love and, and happiness and positive emotion as a result. And the other thing I think is, you know, when we think about our emotional state, if we are ever in a position where certainly I find this to be true for myself is that if ever I'm feeling a bit cranky or a bit like, oh, you know, I want to go and eat worms today. (laughs) Things are not going well is one of the things I do is I just practice gratitude. Like I recognize that I'm doing that thing, you know, where I'm, my brain starts to look for the negatives and Um, you know, you get out of bed, you kick your toe in the morning, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, what else is going to happen? Well, instead of then it's spiralling into being this cascade of negative experiences because that's what you're paying attention to, what I tend to do uh, in those moments and I encourage my clients to do is to just stop and drop and think of three things that you are grateful for in that moment. And it doesn't have to be huge things. It could be that you're breathing, that the sun is shining and that you've got clothes to wear. The minute you start to express gratitude or be thankful for something, then that really does shift your internal state really powerfully. Um, And so, there are other things as well that you can do um, in your day and certainly something we do as a family is that over dinner each night we talk about, you know, what is the best thing that happened to you today or what's a problem that you solved today that you're really proud of solving. Uh, and that just really helps my girls um, to and, and all of us as a family to connect and to be able to talk about how we're feeling, um, not just about what happened or what didn't happen in the day but the emotional experience that we've had as well. So that's really powerful. Now, the next one is acceptance. Um, So accepting yourself, it's interesting, isn't it? When you say to people, do you accept yourself for who you are? Um, The response can be quite interesting. And you can ask this question of yourself now as you're listening to me. Do you accept yourself for who you are and as you are? Because I think that for some people that can be quite challenging and it can be a learning curve, right, accepting the way we look, the way we feel, the way we talk, the way we show up for ourselves in our lives and our businesses. And spending time with your clients and with yourself, you know, answering the questions, you know, how well do you actually know yourself? How well do you know your, your beliefs, your thoughts, your values? Do you know what's important to you? Do you know what your purpose is? Do you know why you react the way you react in certain situations? Do you know why you gravitate towards certain people and not others? Why you have better relationships with some people than others? Why some situations really impact you and, you know, you feel hurt by, whereas other situations it's like water off a duck's back. You know, knowing ourselves is so powerful and, It's also something that we can have a tendency to avoid. Um, You know, looking in the mirror, how often do you actually look at yourself in the eye in the mirror and say, I love you? And acknowledge yourself. You know, if you're someone who in the morning does makeup, where are you looking when you're doing makeup? Do you take that time to look yourself in the eye? When you're shaving, do you look yourself in the eye and say, hey, good morning, I love you. It's powerful stuff um and yet so many of us avoid looking at ourselves and having that connection with ourselves is so powerful and taking the time to think about all our achievements everything we've achieved in our lives um how do we prefer to behave do you know what your behavioral preferences are are you more um would you say that you're more prone to be introverted or extroverted um do you move towards what you desire or away from what you don't desire Do you tend to be more of a global thinker or a more detailed oriented person? You know, taking the time to find out these things about yourself and go on, oh, I don't want to sound trite, but go on this journey of self discovery. It's very, very powerful when it comes to achieving what it is that you desire. And of course, we measure these things, we measure behavioral preferences and emotional frequency and beliefs and values in the Mindset Dimensions Report, which is our. Online diagnostic tool uh, that provides you with a snapshot of insights of all of those different areas, which is very, very powerful and useful to start those discussions and continue those discussions with your clients. Um, Also, I want you to think about how accepting are you of yourself when things don't go to according to plan? You know, how do you react if you, in inverted commas, fail at something? Do you see If you make a mistake, do you see it as feedback of what not to do or as a reason to find fault with yourself? Are you self-critical? Is your inner critic really loud? And how much compassion do you show yourself? Showing yourself compassion and grace in those times when things aren't going well is so powerful. Letting yourself off the hook, being gentle with yourself, you know, focusing on your strengths showing yourself the love perhaps and compassion that you may show other people is really really powerful and it will increase your happiness levels you know, if you are forgiving and compassionate and kind to yourself it makes such a huge difference And this brings us to the final one which is having a meaning or a purpose in life when you have meaning when you have purpose in life and and you love what you do, and you know why you're doing what you do, you know your why, you've taken time to actually think about the bigger picture, to think about, you know, what it is that you want from this one true amazing life that you've got to live. When you, when you do that, when you have this vision that's outside of your goals, right, it kind of sits above all of them, when you have this vision, this mission, this purpose, then it really does light you up and it really does create a focus that is outside of yourself so that instead of focusing inwards you're also focusing outwards on what what all the possibilities are what are the opportunities for you and this incredible life that you've got to live and so one of the things that is important here of course is to think about well do you really love what you do do you love what you do for your work do you love where you are in your relationships look across every area of your life Why are you doing what you're doing in every area of your life? Take the time to do it. Um, You know, get a wheel of life out and have a look and and think about how happy, how satisfied are you? Um, How much are you actually living your purpose or how much have you actually defined goals and your purpose across your health, your finances, your relationships, your love life, your environment that you live in, Um, all of those things. And then the other thing too is to think about, well, what is outside of you? So you may be someone who has faith, so religious faith and purpose. You may be someone who's spiritual. You may um, you may have a real purpose around your relationships, around your family or your work. All of those things can really help to give us meaning and give us purpose. Um, and so take some time. It's worthwhile taking some time to Think about those things. You know, what is the meaning of the meaning of life? What is your purpose? So they are the things I would recommend that you focus on and that you help your clients to focus on when it comes to increasing happiness in your life. I'm just going to recap them. Number one is to give, number two is to connect with people, number three is to be active, number four is to be mindful. Number five is to learn new things. Number six is to create goals to look forward to. Number seven is to develop resilience. Number eight is to understand, recognize, embrace your emotions. Number nine is to accept yourself. And number 10 is to have an overall meaning and purpose in your life. I would love to hear your thoughts. Let me know. And now we're going to move on to our next adventure in 52 Adventures to Change Your Life. And this week's adventure is to take a photo a day. So you're going to grab either your camera or the camera on your phone and you're going to take one photograph every day of something that you love or something that makes you smile or something that inspires you. It could be a pet, it could be a friend, a family member, a book, a food, a drink, a building, an item of clothing... Whatever you know makes your heart sing. Grab your camera, your smartphone or your tablet and get snapping. Now, this is not about how good a photographer you are. This is actually about taking the time to appreciate everyday people, everyday items and experiences that light you up. And when you've completed the adventure, of course, what you want to do is to journal on what you learned. What will you continue doing as a result of undertaking this adventure of taking those photos a day over seven days and what will you be most proud of at the end of that of having completed that task and again you can buy my book 52 adventures to change your life on Amazon Uh, it has all of the adventures in it and it also has space for you to journal based on what you've done to fulfill the adventure each week okay have a really happy week this week guys and I look forward to seeing you again next week bye for now well that wraps up this week's episode of the mindset coach podcast remember to join us next week for another episode and subscribe on itunes leave us a review if you've loved it share it with your friends and i really look forward to learning how you're implementing the tools and techniques that you're learning here mindset is everything